So All I right. Better, I thought I'd better turn the line because otherwise. Yeah, Otherwise, you'd be sitting in the pitch black. <laughs> in my pants. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The cowboy hat on. <laughs> You're never going to be able to get that image out of your head. Oh, dear. Well, no, I'm not. Of course I'm not. <laughs> Why would I want to? <laughs> yeah, well, this is it. Right. Okay. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host, RJ McCready. And for this episode, I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year in 1985 to look at the martial arts Jackie Chan movie, Police Story. And joining me for the show today is uh, Dan Bone for another bite of the Bite Size Cinema. Dan, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, my friend. How are you? Yeah, pretty excited about this one, Dan, to be honest with you. I mean, ever since we started uh, Masters of the Universe, it's just sort of gone with a nice roll, isn't it? You know, when you came on, I said, do you want to come back on? And I mentioned Enter the Dragon. And we now done it, two it's shows. It's the natural it's, order of life, yeah. really. You move from He-Man to Bruce Lee to Jackie Chan, you know. It's what every nine to ten-year-old boy does. Absolutely, mate. And I'm just loving it, mate. So, <laughs> that's great. So, um, But before we have a look at the show... What have you been up to, Dan? You been watching any uh, anything, uh, any movies or anything like that? Any shark movies? Well, <laughs> I, I've not I've not watched any more of my terrible shark movies yet, and I keep getting scolded by Gav for that. But also, yeah. he kind of loves me telling him that that I'm watching them. As do you, RJ, really. Yeah, I know, yeah. um, but I, I I actually was just saying to you off air, RJ, that I did come across a great movie called Journey to the Far Side of the Sun. Oh yeah, um, yeah. from um, I think that was from the sixties actually. Yeah, and that was such an, a great sci-fi movie. It really like opened my eyes. I was like, that was amazing. Yeah. That, so um, that was kind of one of the last things I watched really. And I also rewatched um, See No Evil, Hear No Evil with um, oh, Richard right. Price Fantastic. and. Yeah, I've seen that film. Yeah, I'm surprised no one really talks about that movie. It's kind of one of those ones that you 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 start off watching it, and you think, oh, this probably hasn't aged very well, and then you get into it, and you think, oh, it's quite funny actually, though, isn't it? You can't go you know wrong what I mean? with it's Richard Pryor and um, uh, oh, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Why did his name just slip my mind? But um, yeah, because I, I think the first film that I saw them to in was uh, Stir Crazy, uh, where they go to jail, and that's quite yeah, a classic movie. Yeah, they, they are. They do have very good chemistry between them. Um, awesome, very awesome. And and actually, I did watch another movie. If you're asking me what I watched, you've started yeah. it off now. Um, <laughs> I did watch another movie the other day, and I thought because Alice, Alice watched it with me. My wife Alice was watching it with me. And she she didn't show any interest initially, and it was Tintin: The Adventures of Tintin. Oh, um, the Steven Spielberg. And I, yeah, and I and I'd only seen it once, and about five minutes into it, I looked at her face, and she was hooked. Oh wow! Like really hooked on it, and I I ended up thinking actually this I could imagine RJ covering this on his show because it is it's one of those not very talked about movies that actually is everything about it is it ticks every box for me. It's set in a you know sort of seventy years ago. It's yep. got that detective stuff going on. It's really adventurous. It's very Indiana Jones at times, obviously, with Spielberg being involved. Oh, I don't um, know really do like about Indy. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. I, in fact, it was the first film that me and Becky went to go and watch at the cinema together. Nice. Um, yeah, because she, she actually keeps a list of the films that we go to see, believe it or not. Oh, man, that's cute. <laughs> she that's does. Cute. And Tintin is the first one that we watched. And, um, yeah, funny enough, I saw that. I think it was on... It was on TV not long ago, like you say, and um, yeah, I, I revisited it and I thought it's actually, like you say, a really good film. It does, 
everything that you want it to do, really, doesn't it? It's got adventure, mystery, comedy, everything. So, um, yeah, I'd yeah, like no, to see uh, sequels, sure, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I didn't get a sequel. I'm not sure if it didn't do too well or it's too big a budget or what. I don't know, but um, there's certainly a load of uh, Tintin novels out there, isn't there? Or comic books, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because they sort of insinuate. I really liked them. it. Yeah. They sort of insinuate at the end of that movie that they might go to space, don't they? Because you see the moon, don't you? So that'd be quite a good one. So, um, well, it, I think we discussed this recently, oh didn't God, we? We said everything oh, ends up in space at oh some God. point. So I just realised what I said there, Dan, and there was no, I didn't do that on purpose, mate. <laughs> Tintin in space. But everybody, everybody ends up in space. Just be from, you the leprechaun, Jason Voorhees, Tintin. Sh- sharks, was it? <laughs> Sharks in space! <laughs> oh my god almighty. Um, yeah, no, that's good, man. <laughs> that's good. Um, but I was, I'm very excited about... Um, this is something that you posted on your page, actually, was uh, The Last of Us has uh, been taken on by HBO, which is the zombie... It has, movie. yeah. Are you... F- so, um... I know that you are a big gamer and particularly mm. you're a big fan of this game. There's yeah. quite a few guys that listen to our shows. Um, I've never played the game. I know you were about to ask me that. I've never played right. the game, but I know about it. I know that um, the girl with all the gifts is very much influenced by, yes, it is. Yeah, by that game. On. Yeah, very much so. Uh, the Miguel, all the gifts is a good film. I know you covered that on Haunted Hill with Gav, didn't you, that one? Um, we did, yeah. So the thing I liked about the Last of Us is actually, uh, yeah, I'm a gamer, love my computer games, uh, PlayStation, all that sort of stuff. But with this game, right, it was a groundbreaking game because it's such a good story. Do you know what I mean? It's just like you don't, yeah. you know, like you have shooting up games, you've got loads of ammunition, you shoot everything up. With this one, you don't have anything. So you've got to survive with little ammo and you've got to make all your weapons up. But the story is just amazing. It's just a story of redemption with this character, Joel, looking after this little girl in the apocalypse, and it's just, <laughs> just blew me away, man. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking So you're on board. Do you think that would make a good show then? I always said it. As soon as, as, soon as I played it, um, and this was back in 2014, or it might have been 2012, actually. I can't remember now. It's been a long time. And I actually said at the end of it, I said, boy, that would make a really good film, you know, uh, just with the whole zombie thing that was going on at the time you know and mm. I know there's um, I know the zombie genre has been done to death almost hasn't it do you know what I mean but no I pun really, intended or was that <laughs> oh man what am I saying because <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah no pun intended but I, I do think that this could probably relaunch something else if you know what I mean, because the story is so Yeah, good. because I think people are sick of The Walking Dead. I mean, mm. season 10 is on at the moment, or just finished, actually. I haven't actually watched season 10 yet. I've mm. seen it all the other seasons, but do you know what? I just want it to end now, and you've got Fear of The Walking Dead, and there's a few other shows and a few other things, but you're right. The zombie genre is kind of... It's time to put it to one side for a little bit, I think, and, yeah. and take a look at a different genre. But maybe, maybe this could be something fresh for everybody. Well, the best thing they can do is just tell the story. Maybe do like a three, maybe six-part story, and just leave it at that. Mm. And just did you watch um, Chernobyl? I, I really, actually, really need to see that, and a lot of people have recommended it to me. I haven't seen it, Dan. That's probably one of the best things I've seen 
in a long time. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really done well. So, and that's kind of what's excited me for The Last of Us because it's the same people. So you've got the director of Chernobyl and HBO. Oh, wow. I'm just thinking, this is too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So we'll have to wait and see. Mate. Approach with caution, though, because you, I don't want you to, I don't want to see you get your heart broken, RJ. That's the only thing. So. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? These things happen sometimes. You think, oh, this is going to be great. They're going to turn my favorite comic or my favorite video game. Uh, and this happened with me. Uh, yeah. You know, they, oh, they're turning my favorite video game into a movie starring Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul <laughs> Julia. This is going to be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, this is a and thing, actually, yeah. looking back on it, I actually do love that movie. But, but at the time, I was like, this is not what I signed up for. This yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. Sometimes it's better to go in with a surprise, isn't it? As we all say, I've heard I've heard a lot of movie fans say. I walked into the cinema, I knew nothing about this film, and then I just went, "Oh, wow, that was really good." Do you know what I mean? So no expectations, but yeah, we'll have to see, man. We'll have to see. So, well, it'll um, be interesting, and we should have a catch up then, if and when it does get made, because you know the game really well. I've mm. never played it and know nothing about it. Yeah. So I will. Go, I'll be going into it as somebody very fresh to it yes yeah uh, and you'll yeah. be going into it as somebody who knows the game inside and out has played it very well so it'd be interesting for us to have a catch up then when all this is done and dusted whenever that may be and we can uh, reveal yeah, our thoughts we'll, on it we'll put that in mate yeah not a problem at all yeah we'll, we'll throw that in as an episode and talk about it and uh, like i say i won't tell you any more about it because i don't want to spoil the surprise because there are some surprises in that so which makes it good so mm-hmm. i will leave it at that there's um one other thing i was gonna say dan before we do the um show i just wanted to shout out your co-host actually uh gav chucky still because um every now and again i like to shout him out because i wouldn't be able to do a show without him because he supplies all the music for the show from his album Abstract 85, which he very kindly said, "Yep, yeah, you can use it." So um, I just thought I'd bring that. He's up, a mate, good guy, you? Gav. Yes, he's yeah, a good guy. Yeah, you know, he's, he's my best buddy yeah. and my co-host, and he's a very talented man. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I am only going to say this for a few seconds, don't worry. But Gav, you are very much loved and a very talented guy, and appreciated by a lot of people. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I agree with you. I'm just handing over some. Uh, electronic tissues over to you <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what I need them for but uh, Gav, will understand. Gav, Gav will understand <laughs> oh, he will. but yeah nice. so uh, thanks to that man because when I listen to his album I listen to those tracks and I actually thought the main theme which I use here which is actually called theme I thought well that might get a really good uh, intro for a podcast so funny enough i'm using it now so <laughs> i always sing along to it whenever i press play for your show i'm always like do 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 you should send it to john carpenter maybe he could play it on his keyboard <laughs> or maybe cody carpenter cody carpenter yeah that's it right so there you go guys so um that's what we've been watching um so let's uh, let's have a talk about this movie then, Dan. So let's uh, get on that bus. Let's grab ourselves an umbrella. Let's play a trailer, and we'll see you guys soon. Jackie Chan. Hold it. Dynamic. Dauntless. Resourceful. <laughs> 
Yes, sir. Book him. For murder. Until he got set up. Get in! Now his whole police precinct is after him. To clear his name, his only chance is to get the crooks who framed him. is a one-man battalion. As he sets his record straight in Police Story. And welcome back, guys. So the synopsis for this film is a virtuous Hong Kong police officer must clear his good name when the drug lord he is after frames him for murder of a dirty cop. So PG-13, it's got a 100-minute runtime. It's got 7.6 on IMBD, and it's classed as a action comedy crime. So Dan, police story man, I know this is a favourite of yours. When did you first watch this film? So, following on from my what I mentioned in the, the last episode I was on with you with the uh, Jack, uh, the Bruce Lee stuff, yeah. uh, my dad obviously got me into the martial art movies through uh, Enter the Dragon and a few other Bruce Lee movies. And then a family favourite of ours was always Cannibal Run. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Jackie Chan had a very brief cameo in that. Uh, you know, he shows up a couple of times, and there's a badass, kick-ass fight scene he does in that. So I kind of knew about Jackie Chan from right. that. And then one Christmas, probably very early 90s, so I was probably 10, 11, um, maybe even a bit younger, um, there was Channel 4 in the UK here did like a Jackie Chan season over Christmas. So over like two weeks, they had Police Story, Armour of God, Project A and Wheels on Meals yep. all showing over like maybe it was one weekend and I got my I got videotapes for Christmas like we used to back in the day in my stocking mm-hmm. so blank videotapes so I recorded them all off TV and I started watching them all and slowly became more and more obsessed with Jackie Chan mm-hmm. that then sparked yeah. my huge Jackie Chan obsession but so I probably saw this I was probably 11 or 12 and my god I'd never seen anything like it and we'll get into that when we go through the film obviously but the stunts that and you could tell rj you know what i'm about to say everything is real you can tell there's no cgi there's oh, no yeah. strings it's just oh well, 
incredible yeah, movie. Can, as I said for the end of the Dragon episode, Dan, um, I can hear it in your voice just how this means to you because it's part of our growing up and I probably watched it about the same time as you. And I seem to remember, obviously going back to, it's probably, I want to say about the 90s, early 90s, because um, we were still watching stuff on TV, wasn't it? Nothing was really readily available like what we got now. Mm. And I seem to remember this, um, not only just Jackie Chan, but they had all the Godzilla movies on as well. So I just seem to have this. I think Channel, Channel 4 were really um, showing a load of uh, Asian movies. So yeah. they had like, they even had a couple of very early horror movies. Godzilla, you're right. I, I do remember this. Maybe it was in like a, an Asian cinema season or something they did. Yes, it was just because um, it was almost like every night. And I was really looking forward to it because I was looking at the TV guy going, oh, there's another Godzilla film on. There's another Jackie Chan film on. And you mentioned Mills on Wheels. Uh, that yeah, film. man. So I was, I was having this real big spike of all these, you know, uh, like Chinese movies. There was also Akira on there as well oh, I mean, that, you know, was that, that was fantastic yeah. and also you could probably throw in there I'm probably going back to probably the mid 80s now but you also had Monkey Magic as well I so, knew you were going to say that I yeah. knew you were going to say Dan, that Dan. I, I, I threw that in there before you did mate <laughs> I knew you were going to say that you were gonna, and, and I was, I'm going to sing back to you in response I'll say to you Born in an egg on a mountain top. <laughs> oh, monkey magic, monkey magic. Oh, that was that was a okay. weird show, man. Dan, that was you. like Power Rangers on acid. Now, tell you what, Dan, <laughs> I'll tell you a story about this. Okay, so it must have been around about 1985. I was at school. I was in um, first school, right? And I watched that on TV. It had such an effect on me that I was sat in class daydreaming on the table I sat you know sat on the table and the teacher's talking away and I am in monkey magic in my head it's where the school teachers are saying <laughs> oh you know RJ RJ and I'm like uh, uh yeah do you know what I mean and, uh, do you know what I mean it's just that's like, the effect that these TV that show shows was off the yeah. fucking chain wasn't it it was just <laughs> insane <laughs> so so um, good so yeah, so you know, you know, with films like we just say the police story, this is this we had all this, didn't we, back in the in that time? You know, a massive building block of martial arts. You know, enter, yeah, enter and Jackie dragon. changed the game really with this movie. And yeah. I, I, for me, the movies that he released all within sort of four or five years, like the ones I mentioned, was on Meals, Police Story, mm. Armor of God. Um, Project A and one or two maybe other ones because he did his period pieces he did all the sort of drunken master and all that oh, kind yeah, of stuff right. young yeah. master mm-hmm. but but when he started moving stuff into a little bit more of a modern setting even though Project A is set you know in the very early 1900th century it's still much more modern than any of the, the martial art movies once he started doing that he really changed the game and obviously the other thing Jackie Chan did and, and I'm sure we'll get into this is Everybody knows he does his own stunts. There's yeah. no stuntman. There's no strings. There's no CGI. He, he does it all, really. He's going to kill himself for his art. And, and that was the thing you watched him for as well. Uh, and obviously, off the back of that, you know, and, and this happened in the Cannibal Run as well, the outtakes, because you knew not only was that movie going to come to a great end with a great fight scene or a stunt, you were then going to get the, the end credits where they showed you how many times he did it until it got it right. Yeah, that's and it. how many bones people broke. Oh, <laughs> it's um, 
Yeah, because uh, when I was looking at Play Store, because it's, as I said before, when you do a podcast, I sort of look at it more of a critical eye, do a bit more research. And kind of what I was getting was that Jackie Chan was obviously trying to break Hollywood. He did those, was it Project A, which you just said in The Drunken Master. Yeah. And I think with Play Story, it was kind of like him doing an amalgamation with Hollywood and Golden Harvest as a studio. They've they've combined, and they've basically said to Jackie Chan, because obviously he's a director for it and wrote it, there you go, get on with it, you know, there's your film. And he's, he's just gone, boom, he's just, you know, like I say, he's having a field day, and you can sort of see that on screen, can't you? you know what I mean, he's just He, he made stuff. a movie in America in the 80s, Um Shit, what was it even called? Um, damn it, I'm sorry, I can't... I, I should know it, I'm a massive Jackie Chan fan. But he made a, an American movie with... Do you know Danny Aiello? Um, he's been in loads of 80s movies. Uh, big, big guy. Right. Um, I think he was in Dumb and Dumber, actually. Um, oh, was right, that him right. that was in that? Um, hang on, I'll tell you the name of the movie now. But yeah, he made a movie where um, he was basically a cop in America. Yeah. Um he didn't barely speak English at the time. It was a really bad experience for him. Um, he really didn't enjoy it. Every time he wanted to do a fight scene, the director at the time would say, no, 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 no. We don't want to do this, that, and the other. We don't need you doing back flips and front flips. We need you to punch one guy, punch the other guy, and that's all we really need you to do. Yeah. Uh, and he was so frustrated with his um, his time uh, filming that film. He, he, first thing he did was come straight back and decide, right, that's it, I'm going to make... Uh, it's called The Protector. Sorry, it's called The Protector, oh, and he plays Billy yes, Wong. That's right. Oh, and uh, he was yeah. so frustrated, he just said, I'm going to show Hollywood how to make a, a martial arts police story, um, a martial arts police movie. And yeah. this is what he did. And he came back and he did that. That might have been the and film. This is, so this, this is a, deter, a determined young man making this movie here. So this is Jackie Chan just just releasing himself, isn't it? Just like you just said, this is what I'm capable of doing. Um, the other thing I read about as well was that uh, Police Story is actually an encrypted title, which is the reason why he calls it Police Story is because there was another uh, studio that was looking at what he was doing and to sort of cover it up with con the cryptic is, I've called it Police Story, so the other company can work out yeah. what that was going to be or something like that. So I thought that was quite Because cool, it's such so. a bland name, no one can figure out what, what it was supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's all things. And like it is that. a very bland name, really. You know, police story. It's not, it doesn't sort of say, you know, it's not like lethal weapon or hard target. No, that's you know, right. Just... Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. The bus trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of got a speed bus moment in it, hasn't it? Almost, which oh, we'll, we'll get into. Or, oh, yeah. What a psycho. Uh, yeah. Um, yes. Have you seen any? I don't want to step on your toes because it's your show, and I know you're going to go through a few facts and fit. No, let, in it, a minute. let it flow down. So, um, let it flow. We'll get there, man. Have you seen uh, any of the sequels? No, I was going to say to you about that. No, I've only ever seen the first one. Um, I okay. think they've remade it, haven't they? Back in the 2000s. So so they did Police Story 2 yeah. uh, in 88, only three years later. Uh, Jackie did a couple of sequels to some of his bigger movies like this. And, and Police Story 2 is, he just, everything's dialed up to 11. It hasn't got quite got the same plot, uh, and it doesn't because it's not as original. You've right. seen a lot of it before, but but it is incredible. I think um, Police Story Three, which is also called Super Cop with Michelle Yeoh, that is insane. Oh, right. And 
that's an amazing movie from 92. Um, that got a spin-off with Michelle Yeoh, so you've got two, and Jackie turned up in it as the same character for one scene in drag undercover, right. and beat up a load of guys in a dress, which is awesome. Um, then they made First Strike, which is Police Story 4 First Strike, which came out in 96, but that came out in the UK uh, and in, in America as just First Strike, and that was one of his sort of biggest... No one, had, lot, not a lot of people have heard of Jackie Chan at that point, so that yeah. really broke him. Um, and then, like you say, yeah, they kind of remade it, but not. They did New Police Story in 2004, which is the same character again, but getting himself into more shit. And then the last one they did was in 2013. That was Police, it was called Police Story 2013, because it's pretty boring titles. <laughs> so <they've, laughs> there's been a load of sequels off of these, but I've, if you want my honest opinion, I'd probably just say check out the first three. Right. Um, but this one is just magic. Lightning in a bottle, this first movie, honestly. Yeah, that, that's the thing with me. I've, I always follow that trend. always go back to that to the one that, you know, excited me the most, I suppose I could say. And I've, I'm, I'm a killer for that. I always end up going back to these films, you know. Um, you could probably see me post that. There's RJ's posting that film on there again. He's seen about 10 times. But, um, Do you know what, though? They're like com- comfort blanket movies, aren't they? I always say that. Yeah, they, they entertain know. me that much. I just sort of, uh, I put them on, I just think, I know this film's going to entertain me. It's going to do everything I need it to do. So, And uh, like I say, having revisited this film, it oh yes, it did entertain me big time. And uh, as you said, where you know that he's doing his own stunts, you're thinking, wow, do you know what I mean? How, how did he not kill himself? You know, because it's just amazing. Um, but talking about other uh, Jackie Chan films, I have seen these... I suppose you could say later stuff, but it's kind of almost... <laughs> it's been about for a few years now. You've got, like, the tuxedo. Um, I call that on a yeah. plane. I call that on a plane once. <laughs> um, problem is, I mean, obviously the guy is is a year older than my dad, so he's, what, 67 now. And, he's, you know, he's, his body's been through a lot. Yeah. And he's not doing what he used to do. I think his heyday was definitely probably mid-80s to mid-90s, really. Yeah, because um, uh, when did he do Rush Hour? Was that um, sort that of That was uh, 96, I think. 96. Not maybe 98, as late as that, maybe. Really enjoyed that. Uh, really enjoyed the Shanghai... Great movie. Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Nights, I think they did. They oh, I love those movies, stuff. too. They're good. Yeah, they're really good. What's your name? John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> John Wang. Are you saying... John Wang or John? Oh wow! Yeah, Are you saying John Wang? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Is it? Is it Owen? Is it Owen Wilson? I could never. Is it? Yeah, it's Owen Wilson in that movie. So, yeah, he's so cool, man. He's got that. Kcha, kcha, kcha. Ooh. Oh yeah! Wow, that's cool. <laughs> could almost be Nicholas Cage's brother, couldn't he? <laughs> he is. He's, a, he's very closely sounding to my impression of Nicholas Cage. So I do apologise. I just really. <laughs> Is, wow, uh, I'm Nicholas Cage. Oh wow, I'm Owen Wilson. Oh. I'll tell you what, Dad. Just on a segue, you need to watch Color Out of Space, mate. There's something. Oh, I know. We talked about this, man. I need to. Uh, I'm going to bump it up my list. Right. I'll get it watched for you. I'll get it watched for you. There's a bit in it because obviously I can't spoil it for you. But there's a bit in it that is just totally Nicholas Cage. And once you've watched it, I will let you know what bit that is. But you probably will, will work that out for yourself. So. <laughs> I knew it was going to get there eventually. I knew Nicholas Cage would <laughs> infiltrate the show somehow. <laughs> of course he does. Oh. Right. 
Um, <laughs> that's what Let's get back here. to the police story, actually. Yeah. Uh, so where were we? Yeah, so he's talking about other films. Um, so yeah, he's he's had a great career. Um, and I always find I found it interesting what you said the other day with Enter the Dragon, where you said that Bruce Lee saw him at the bowling alley and said that you'd have a really good career, and that kind of happened, didn't it? Really with him. It did. He got the blessing, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and 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 it wasn't long after Enter the Dragon, Jackie made quite a few martial art movies serious ones as well where there's no comedy in. and obviously the thing that people should know about jackie chan is he's a comedian as well he's an incredible acrobat and martial artist but he's a comedian and yeah. whether that's what he's saying or what he's doing with his body and he soon realized not long after being in quite a few serious movies um he thought they just want me to be the next bruce lee and i'm not bruce lee i'm jackie chan yeah and i don't want to be the next Bruce Lee. I want to be somebody, somebody different. I want to be somebody who's remembered for a particular thing. So he started writing his own rules. Like m- the majority of his movies are family friendly. Right. You know, you could show most of his movies to kids. Um, people don't really tend to have get, you know, get decapitated and there's not a lot of gore. Yeah. Um, there's not really swearing and sex. So he tries to make quite fam- family friendly stuff. Uh, he also wants to do his own stunts. That's another thing he wants to do. He wants to cross over into the West, um, like Bruce Lee did. So there's elements of Bruce Lee's career that he would like to follow, but he wants to be his own person as well. Um, so he started writing his own rules not long after that. So yeah, it is interesting that Bruce saw something in him, isn't it? How, imagine that, Bruce Lee says that to you. It's crazy. Well, you never know. You, Bruce Lee might just be his spirit guide in a funny sort of way. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he's just there with him all the time, guiding him through. <laughs> Don't! Concentrate on the finger. <laughs> Maybe he's telling Jackie Chan that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> when he's running on top of that bus doing that stunt. Concentrate, Jackie, concentrate. <laughs> God, how does he come up how does he come up with these stunts as well? Um that's insane, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh dear. So shall we do a bite size review then, Dan? Because I think I think we're pretty much gonna throw in the trivia along the way here, mate, I reckon. So I, I think that's probably a good idea because we're gonna be talking we're gonna go on a few little tangents here and there as well. We um, certainly are. Nicholas Cage yeah. might be mentioned again somewhere along the way, I don't know. Um so yeah, let's do it, man. So um yeah, we do your bite-sized review of Police Story and Dan. Because I love your storytelling, mate. I will let you tell us about this one, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> cool beans, man. Well, let's get into this. So um, you've got all your, your, your movie tropes in this, this all the way through. You've got your baddies, your drug dealers, your cops, mm. your cops going undercover, your busts, your stings that go wrong, your car chases. You've got absolutely everything. But we'll try and break this down for you listeners um, in a bite-sized chunk but it might spill over i do apologize if that's the case because sometimes these things happen <laughs> um, but we do open up <laughs> we do open up with a sort of a kind of a slum village on a mountain top um and the cops are undercover jackie chan being one of the cops um depending on which version of this you watch he's got several names because there's like dubbed versions and chinese versions and cantonese and mandarin versions so he's got loads of different names but we're just going to call him jackie chan detective jackie chan yeah, this, I'll go with that. that right. yeah. That's why I, I did. <laughs> funny enough, I picked up on that the other day. I thought, again, what is his name? But yeah, they called him Jackie. So yeah. yeah, so his name is actually Kakoi Wong in in the actual original movies. Uh, sometimes Kevin Wong, 
sometimes Kevin Chan, sometimes Jackie Chan, which is always weird if you've well, got a dubbed version where they're like, hey, you, Jackie Chan, come over here. And you're like, well, hang on a minute, he is Jackie Chan, what are you saying? Pretty is his name. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, dear. Um, I do, on a side note, I do always try to watch the dubbed versions of old kung fu movies because they that, that adds to the, the flavor of them for me. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I think it has done, yeah. I think that has become, how can I put it, accepted in a way. And it kind of adds to that. I think it's been it's been jested sometimes as well, isn't it, in movies where people have talked. Like I think it was in American Pie where yeah. it goes... Wings Rod 2. Yeah, it's been it's happened a few times. They purposely distort their voice, don't they, to make it look like it's been dubbed or something like that. It's so, yeah, it works. So, yeah, it's I, I just picture a bunch of um, American dudes sat around in like the 70s and they're saying, All right, this movie's called The Fist of the Golden Lotus and you, you're going to play this character, you're going to play that character. Uh, okay, go for it. And they're just sort of making it up as they go along, and it just cracks me up. <laughs> and, and the other thing here, Dad, is like, as you mentioned, you've got all the bad guys. And they're just oh. all running round with grey suits, ties, all pretty slick, aren't they? All wearing glasses. And I noticed that when I watched it, they're all shooting, but no one seems to know where the hell they're shooting. They're just shooting at anything. <laughs> this movie couldn't be more 80s Hong Kong if it tried. Some of the mobile phones are yeah, just absolutely it. huge. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that as well. You've got some technology in here as well, haven't you? Like I say, the old mobile phones and that. Oh, so yeah, we we open up on this slum village, and um, basically the there's Operation B- Wild Boar, which the police, the local police, which Jackie Chan's a part of, um, are taking part in, and they're trying to bust a character called Chu, and he is a renowned drug dealer. He's like a baron, um, you know, and he's having some kind of a meeting in this village. So the police are all spread out, and they're all trying to keep a low profile. However, it does get picked up on by a couple of Chu's men that. There are police then. That's because because it's 1985. They've got like a wire coming out the back of their yeah. uh, ear. So you can kind of make out that they're cops. So it all goes wrong. A big shootout starts. I mean, we open the movie with this huge shootout, basically. People shooting at each other. Some cops are shot straight away. So you're like, okay, this is Jackie Chan taking up the realism a little bit. Because people are getting shot off the bat. Yeah. Um, one of the cops wets himself because he's so afraid of what he's doing. And I always remember as a kid thinking... Wow, that's so realistic. I've never seen anything like that in a film before. That's absolutely that's pretty full on. Do, uh, that's what I liked so when I watched it the other day. I thought well, that brings in the realism, doesn't it, and all that. So I know, uh, yeah, man. And then Jackie's sort of like saying to him, "Calm down, calm down, calm down. Come on, we can, we can do this. We can do this." They eventually, um, they eventually arrest Chu, the main baddie's secretary, um, right. whose name is what's her name, Sylvia or something, I think. Um, and oh, her name's the baddie's trying. Sorry. Her name's May. I think is her name's May. Is May. It May? I think it's no, no, May. no. His his fiance is called May. I oh, think, sorry, May. I think it's oh. I think it's Sylvia. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I've said this. I've seen this movie a million times. No, I'm getting the names wrong already. <laughs> I know Jack is called Jack. <laughs> I know Jack is called Jackie Chan, and it's. <laughs> well, that's the easy one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> sorry, mate. Let you carry on. so um uh yeah so they've been rumbled big shootout they capture uh chu's secretary and the bad guys realize that the cops have blocked off the bottom of the hill with loads of trucks and stuff and they cannot escape 
Selena, that's her name. Right. Selena. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so the bad guys say we're going to have to take a shortcut. So they just basically get in their cars and they drive through this shanty town full of little shacks and huts straight down through. What did Jackie Chan do? Of course, he follows them in his car. Um, and they just smash through. There's this incredible scene of them just completely annihilating a village, which was built, hand-built for this movie. It wasn't a village that was already there. Um, and also, RJ, you might not know this, this is my first bit of Dan Bone Trivia. Mm. Ding! Dan Bone Trivia. <laughs> um, this, this scene was copied for Bad Boys 2. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. All right, okay, it does make sense yeah, now. So yeah. they, they homage it in Bad Boys 2, where they drive a few cars down through a shanty village oh, on a hill, and they got oh, permission okay. from Jackie to do it. Oh, did they? All right, that's fair enough. Okay. And spoiler alert, that mm. isn't the first time I'm going to tell you a bit of trivia like that. And guess so, what, Dan? Uh, there we go. I'm not going to spoil that bit of trivia for you, because I think I might know what that is, but no, I'm not going to, I'm going to I let think, you tell me. I think you know the one I'm talking I about I with know, the bus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well talking of which um jackie so jackie uh, crashes at the bottom of this mountain and he gives chase on foot uh, the bad guys hijack a double decker bus yeah. jackie chan i mean what does he do with this umbrella rj can you please tell our listeners what the what is going on with this umbrella well what i like about it is that he runs so fast that you think it's been sped up but it probably hasn't he probably really is running that fast he runs past a, a lady in the street with an umbrella and he goes to put it, yep. but it doesn't go straight away, does it? She goes, whoa, and then he pulls it. It comes out of her hands. And then he's running towards the bus. And, he, and to mention he's got his green RJ McCready, I noticed here, boiler suit on as well. With his yeah, pumps. he's got his boiler suit on, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and as, as we said earlier, it's, this is all real stunts, isn't it? And he runs, and then he, he just clips himself on, doesn't he? And it's almost like a... Yeah. It's almost like he's a, a doll or a stunt doll on the back, hanging on the back, isn't he? But it's not. I mean, that's him, isn't it? And it's just, it's just, mag- it's amazing. I just, I'm just blown away by it every time I watch it. To, so. to blow your mind, he attempted it with a normal umbrella initially and it kept snapping and he kept coming off the back of the bus and rolling. And you can imagine how much that might hurt. So eventually they constructed an umbrella that was made of pure metal so that the handle wouldn't snap oh, off. Oh, yeah, 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 wooden. yeah, yeah. So he tried it with a normal umbrella initially, the fool. What an umbrella. That's <laughs> ah, just ah, that's Jackie Chan for you, man, isn't it? I mean, he's probably just thinking, I could get away with that probably. But yeah, so Insane. he gets onto the bus, doesn't he? Um, and then you get some really good, well, scenes here where he's trying to jump on and the guys are trying to punch him through the window and he's moving out of the way, isn't he? And, um, and then you've got, I'm sure... Oh, main bad guys. It just makes me laugh how they're running around, don't they? He's got the suitcase. Hey, where the hell was what's he doing? And he's, I think he might get he gets his mobile get phone out again, doesn't he? Yeah, he says. Uh, he, I'm sure he's on the phone saying, you know, the cops are on us. You need to get him out of here. And um, they smash Jackie Chan off out of the bus because they hit him like with a briefcase. He falls out the window, but he doesn't give up, even though this is like the third, almost the third time now that he's failed. And he sort of slams his fist down. And this time he's like, right, I'm gonna. I'm going to cut them off. So he jumps down over a, uh, a fence, runs down in front of the bus and blocks her car, sort of stops her car from in the middle of the road and says, I'm police, get out of the car. And then he just pulls his gun and as the, the, the double down, I'm acting out. I don't know why I'm acting out, but here no. I am. I've got my no, hands up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but he's um he's standing there with the gun out and the guys on the bus are like just ram him just ram him and the driver has got the knife to his throat and he's like oh, i don't want to run him over and they're like just run and run through him and then at the last second jackie goes to fire but he fires up in the air the bus driver puts the brakes on and the two guys fire out the the front windows or three guys maybe fire at the windows of the bus and land on the hard concrete um all real stunts and two bits of trivia off the back of that and i think rj you've got one of those bits of trivia haven't you if it's the one i'm thinking of i'll let you roll with it then i'll let you share that with us so jackie being very good friends with sylvester stallone um Mm. sylvester stallone actually asked jackie if he could borrow this stunt for the opening of tango and cash so you'll notice that um Stallone does exactly this, but with a lorry where he pulls a gun and the guys smash out the windows onto the ground, which is awesome. And that's the second stunt borrowed from this movie. And that's how influential this movie is. So whether you've seen this movie or not, you cannot deny the influences it has on the stunt world globally. It's a blueprint, isn't it, really? And I think Tango and Cash only came out a couple of years after, didn't it? So 87 or something like that. might be a little bit later. Uh, It might be an 80. You might be right. Yeah, 87, 88. The other thing about that stunt is that the guy, the guys were actually supposed to land on the the car right. behind Jackie Chan, but because the bus the bus's brakes were so good and they didn't expect it, it stopped a lot shorter than they expected, and they ended up just landing on the concrete. So that take they use is the one and only take. So the guys get up off the ground, they're rolling around on the ground. Ow! 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 That's actually they're in pain, but they acted through it because they figured because they're trained. Basically, Jackie's stunt team, because he's got his own stunt team. Yeah. They're trained to just act until you hear cut. No matter what's happened to you, bones broken, no matter what, oh, yeah. you do not stop till you hear cut. When you hear cut, then you can complain about that you're in pain. So <laughs> that shot was the one. Isn't that insane? It's <laughs> oh, mental, isn't it? <laughs> and it, it, the crazy thing is, is all this has gone on, isn't it? And I think you're only about five, five or so minutes into the movie, aren't there? Do you know what I mean? And... That's just the um, evening scene, RJ. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just... <laughs> it's just put on. And um, it's kind of... I think I've said this before, but it's a bit like um, Rages of the Lost Ark, as in where you've got Indy going into the temple and you feel like you've come to the end of another film, don't you? And this scene here, I always thought, this is like the climatic scene of a movie, isn't it? Do you think this... this you know, if you walked in you've never seen this film, you think, oh, I've just caught the end of a movie. But it's not. Well, this beginning. is this is, you've 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 summed it up exactly. I believe Jackie Chan said he wanted the start of this film to feel like the end of a Hollywood movie, mm. and you, so if yeah. you're saying that, then he's he's done his job because oh, and I know exactly oh, what you mean. Yeah, that's right. All yeah, of that. that. Yeah, because you, you're getting another. You, you're kind of getting two bites of the cherry here, aren't you, with this? So, um, but no, it's great. Um, and then what I find is after this scene here, it kind of. Um, it, it takes its foot off the accelerator a little bit, doesn't it? With the next scene, doesn't it? It does. Um, it does. It builds up um, a lot of the plot now. Um, and the main plot really is that Selena, the secretary of Chu that they've arrested, they're going to use her as a witness to testify against him. Hmm. Um, so Jackie gets assigned as her bodyguard, even though he kind of re- he doesn't really want to do it. Hmm. And also Selena doesn't want a bodyguard, obviously, because she doesn't want to testify against her boss because yeah. he's a criminal, a drug lord. So we get a series of weird and wonderful and funny scenes where... We get to meet Jackie's bosses, his superintendent and his lieutenant. And 
his lieutenant loves Jackie. His superintendent doesn't so much, but later on, like, he kind of likes him a bit. <laughs> and uh, yes, I think the weirdest scene um, really is where, and I know this has been talked about a lot, where is where Jackie Chan is trying to convince Sinia that she she needs a bodyguard, and she's she just is adamant she doesn't need one. So he he hires his buddy, another cop to wear a white sort of almost a bit of a Michael Myers type mask and yeah, sort of no. break in <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I, wave I, a knife around her. I, I was watching that. I was thinking, now what sort of mask is that? I mean, what, what's, <laughs> what purpose is that mask? <laughs> it's not a very good mask. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think, you know, what did he do? Go down a hardware store and buy that, did he? Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a pair of pants on his face, doesn't it? <laughs> So yes. Oh man. So that's quite a weird scene. Um mm. and and yeah, okay, maybe he's not the best cop in the world if that's what he's doing to get the witness on his side, but it works because she's scared enough that she's like, Okay, well I better you better be my bodyguard in that case then and you better look after me. Um just on a quick tangent, um, if I may, RJ, be yeah, permitted. Yeah, the that? guy in the mask mm. is played by uh, a a guy called Mars. As in, just one word, Mars, M-A-R-S. That's his name, uh, his nickname, actually, because he's one of the Jackie Chan stunt team. Now, most of the cops on on the goodie side in this movie are in the Jackie Chan stunt team. You've got to really go through a lot of training, and there's got to be a lot of trust to be in Jackie's stunt team, as you can imagine. To the point, actually, that Jackie Chan and his stunt team, aren't they cannot get insurance on any movie they work on. Um, So they have their own insurance company. Uh, Well, they did anyway up until recently um but yeah the guy called mars i just wanted to give you a bit of trivia on him if 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 i'm allowed he basically is called mars because when jackie chan first started becoming famous in the very late 70s early 80s he got a bit of a bit of an ego and he used to wander around with just a pair of denim shorts and no shirt if you can imagine that and a medallion he used to wander around Hong Kong and he used to sort of challenge people to fight. So he used to beat them at pool. He's very good at pool as well yeah. with a cigar in his mouth. And he got a bit cocky. And one night there was a bit of a bar fight and uh, quite a few of him and his stunt team got into a bit of a scrape. And you can look this up. This is all very, very real. And the guy called, whose now nickname is Mars, he saw that one of the guys that they were fighting was about to bottle Jackie Chan over the head. So Mars stepped in and took the bottle to the head. And ever since then, he's had... Sl- they, they call him Mars because he's slightly slower, like he's on Mars. So that oh, was his okay. nickname. But he also, because he's addicted to Mars bars, apparently, as well. So there's like two reasons that he's You're got that nickname. Me. So... Since that day, Jackie Chan's like, you're never not going to be one of my main stuntmen. I cannot ever repay you enough for stepping in and taking that bottle. And that changed Jackie Chan. It made him drop his ego immediately. Oh, wow. Uh, and realised that um, he's not a dick. You know, that's a bit of a silly thing to do, wandering like that. So just a bit of a side note there. Yeah, because when you said to me that his name was Mars, I was actually going to say, is it because of a Mars bar? Funny enough, it bloody is. <laughs> but, yeah, um, apparently not long... For a long time after he took the bottle to the head, he was quite spaced out, as right. you can probably imagine. He probably well, had concussion Jack- and stuff yeah, for being Jackie several Chan months. Being stunt man like that, man, oh, yeah, I'll give that guy a break. Yeah, for sure, man. But yeah, that's a nice story. That I like that. So, and it's good, like you say, where he's got that cameo as well as a mask killer with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good it's stuff, a man. funny old scene. That one. Yeah. Um, that's what I would say. I mean, what 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 do you think about Jackie's comedy? Because 
some people think it's a little bit too broad but the hong kong and the chinese style of comedy is very broad comedy and um and it's also very different to to the uk and the western style of comedy what RJ, what, what would you think of the comedy styles in this um yeah i i like the combination of it i think it worked very very well in the rush hour series and i'd almost say that um and this is no criticism to police story it's almost like you get a chomp of raw action comedy raw action comedy Whereas in Rush Hour, they've managed to amalgamate all that. Do you know what I mean? You get the action with the comedy all yeah, the way Yeah, that's through. a good shout, actually. Yeah. Um, so, what I think is, is that this... You know, Please story for me, in a way of superhero terms, is like Batman Begins. So he's kind of experimenting. He's kind of almost there with the character. And you can mm. see that. By the time they get to sort of films like Rush Hour and Shanghai Noon, they kind of got the model just right. So, yeah, I reckon that's, that that would be my take on it. So, As a massive Jackie Chan fan, I, I completely agree with you. And, I, and I'll tell you why. It's because mm. I feel Jackie Chan obviously directed this movie, yeah. this police story. I feel that he is better when directed by somebody else. Yeah. Because I do think um, his judgment sometimes with comedy and action and, and, and splicing the two together isn't always doesn't always work yeah you know and i say that with a lot of love as a massive fan um but and i so that's what i completely agree with you and i think some of the better movies he did particularly in the 80s and 90s were when they were directed by other people yeah and and just they just left him to direct the fight scenes uh and then you know they directed the rest of it but even so some of the comedy in this is hilarious one of my favourite bits in this comedy-wise mm-hmm. is he's given a tape recorder to try and record Selena um, <laughs> confessing about Chew. Um, and this is quite rude for a Jackie Chan movie, actually. Uh, during a fight scene with some guys attacking, the tape recorder gets slightly damaged. And um, he tries to sort of explain uh, to her, you know, because he has a, a, a there's a mishap where his fiance May played by Maggie Chu, uh, Maggie Chung. Um, she thinks he's having an affair with <laughs> Selena, who he's only been the bodyguard of. So we get a few custard pies to the faces, don't we? <laughs> That's and it's, right, Because uh, yeah. <laughs> it's his birthday and he's forgotten. But there's this bit where he he doesn't realise the tape's recording and he gives her like some or- he gives Selena some orange squash and then she sits on a cactus and sort of cries, then laughs and then... <laughs> Then the next day, he plays the tape in court, and it sounds like something else is going on because she starts complaining. Oh, it's so prickly and spiky. Oh, you've got it all over me. I'm soaking wet. Oh, he's what got, is it? Oh. He's got the judge and the jury it's listening, isn't he? <laughs> so, the judge is cracking up. Because he's so, he's so adamant, isn't he, that this evidence he's got on this tape is going to clear him or whatever, going to help him out. And then that comes Because he gets there late. Because he gets to the courtroom late. So basically, Selena escapes um, just before this. Um, and so he gets to the courtroom late. And they're like, where's the witness? And Jackie Chan's like, oh, I'm really sorry. She's escaped. And his boss is like, you absolute idiot. This, everything hinges on this. Yeah. Right, well, you've got ta- I've got the tape. Play the tape. And then it's obviously, as we've described, it sounds like he's just shown her his willy and things have gone really wrong. So... <laughs> It hasn't gone very well for Jackie. In fact, he kind of gets... Because um, at one point, he's a bit Captain America, isn't he? Earlier in the film, after after the big bust, they kind of parade him on TV yeah. and in ad commercials. He's a poster and boy, isn't he, and all that, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, he's exactly like that. And, and actually, again, another little quick tangent. 
down bone facts. Boom, boom, boom. Um, <laughs> the police, actually, I don't think they do anymore, but the Hong Kong police did use the song that Jackie Chan sings, um, A Hero Story, for all of their commercials for quite many years because right. they loved it so much. So it's kind of associated with the police. Oh, okay. Um, there we go. Where was I? I, I don't know where I was. Where was oh, yes, he gets demoted. Time. Yeah, because, yeah, that's right. Because, like I say, in that court, that magistrate just laughs his ass off, doesn't he? That's a funny thing with that. So. It's ridiculous. Oh, so he ends up having to take phone calls uh, in some little shack somewhere in, in a tiny little farmyard um, police uh, headquarters where there's like a, a cow that does a big poo outside. Oh, that's and right. Yeah, that's it. I remember that. <laughs> he does a, He steps in the cow dung and then he does like a dance, break dance, moonwalk to get the cow dung off of his shoe, doesn't he? It's I the most that. random scene because I've got, almost forgot about that scene. There he is. He's doing like a, it almost seemed like a sort of Jean-Claude Van Damme sort of dance, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? When he's sort of got his sort of tank top on, isn't it? That is a good dance. <laughs> Oh man! And then like, so you got the is this the telephone call scene? Is this where he's taking about six different? Yeah, so we calls? got we got more um, almost carry on movie style yeah. uh, shenanigans here, where he's speaking to one woman who has been attacked, another woman who uh, wants to take a morning after pill, another woman who they uh, speaking to his fiance who then puts his mother in law his future mother-in-law on the phone. Yeah. So he's speaking to five or six people all at the same time, and he ends up getting the conversations muddled up, and they all get slowly offended one by one by one by one. Um, he just wants to eat his noodles in peace, doesn't he? That's it, yeah, that's it, because he's talking to his fiance, isn't he, on one of the phones, he's got his noodles, like you say. It's um, it's quite a clever clean isn't scene, actually, isn't it? I think it was done on almost one take or something like that, they were saying. Yeah, especially with the phones at the end, but he unflips all the phones and puts them back onto their receivers and then undoes them all because he just wants a piece. It's really well done. Um, and again, it's really clever writing and scripting. Gets overlooked because this is this is a Chinese movie and a lot of people have watched this either dubbed or with subtitles, but it's actually a really cleverly written written scene and uh, almost something like the two Ronnies would have done probably back oh, in the yeah, day. Oh, yeah, two with... Ronnies, yeah, that's it. Got, got any O's? <laughs> <laughs> Four candles. Honestly, Dan, I never thought we'd be talking about two Ronnies, man. Story. I never thought a Jackie Chan conversation would inspire us to talk about the two runners. You are correct. That is weird. Four candles. Oh, man, what? my classic Candles for forks. I don't know if all, any of our American listeners will get that sketch, but yeah, it's a hell of a funny scene, that is. Oh, that, is that is my hand sign favourite sketch of theirs, that one there. Four I was candles. a so massive good. fan of him when I was growing up as well, by the way. So, yeah. Yes. And I think, I think Jackie Chan probably has that type of sense of humor because it is a little bit more broader but he's very good at acting acting as the sort of person who is in a very yeah. unexpected you know situation what, Dan, i've got to say you've probably hit the nail on the head there i would actually say yeah to ronnie's sense of humor is his sense of humor isn't it is certainly it a lot is. of my sense it of humor is. so it's probably the reason why i get it you know especially with uh, ronnie barker um some of the stuff they got in there i think they even had a police sketch as well didn't they piglet Ronnie Malone and Piglet or something like that. Don't <laughs> oh, that does ring a bell, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll it. tell you what as well, though. Jackie is really heavily influenced by Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. Oh, okay. Um, in fact, yeah. his three major influences, and you're going to never guess the third one because it's not Bruce Lee or anybody like that. His three major influences, he's always said, have been Buster Keaton, yeah. 
Charlie Chapman. So Buster Keaton did all his own stunts, obviously, exactly like Jackie Chan. Um, uh, Charlie Chaplin, physical comedy, yeah. uh, silent movies. So for Jackie, that was important because not a lot of people speak Chinese. He didn't speak English very well initially. Right. So a silent actor like Charlie Chaplin is a great hero for Jackie Chan because he gets across these fantastic comic moments without saying anything. Yeah. And the third one Go. was Gene Kelly um, because really? oh, because okay. of the rhythm and the dance. In fact, Jackie says he puts a lot of that rhythm from Gene Kelly's early movies into some of his fight scenes. There's a couple of fight scenes in Armour of God where he fights a load of monks in a monastery towards the end of that movie. It, it's like a dance. He's The rhythm is insane. And, uh-huh. and he, it's because of Gene Kelly. He puts all of that in there. So those are his big three influences when he, when he thinks of movies and fight scenes and acting. Very interesting guy, Jackie Chan. Very interesting guy. So it's almost like you've got your mixed martial art, but then with Jackie Chan, you've got your martial art, your comedy, and your dancing all sort of put into one, isn't it, to how he's reacting. And, and do you know what all three of those have got in common, RJ? Timing. Absolutely. You've got to have comic timing. You've got to have rhythm and timing for dancing. And for martial arts, of course, especially on screen, you need timing. So that's yeah. probably what ties them all together. And you know actually. what, Dan? That's why I can't do any three of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd like to think after about three or four beers i can have a dance if i'm honest i've seen, uh, I've seen those dance never moves. quite works out <laughs> <laughs> never quite works like that <laughs> dressed up like rick grimes dancing i've seen that it was like it was like mr soft <laughs> yeah, I, I'd had quite a few beers at that point. <laughs> you did, mate. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well, there you go. Um, so, back to Jackie Chan. Yeah. Um, so, Jackie, Jackie Chan and May, his fiance, they meet up because he's now basically been um, lured. He's been lured to this apartment block where Selena has been kidnapped. And he's told by an informant where she is. So he goes to this apartment block, not knowing that it's a trap. And he goes in, starts untying her from the chair, and is instantly like surrounded by loads of choose guys. He fights off a bunch of them. It's a great fight scene. He puts them through coffee tables, walls, out of windows. But ultimately, he's not Batman. He's not a superhero. He's overpowered. And they put a gun on him. Um, it's his own gun that they've taken off of him. And they point it at one of his his buddies who's turned up who's a cop yeah. who turns out to be what's we call a bent copper in the uk a yeah. rogue copper and they shoot him and they say basically say to jackie chan we're going to frame you for this there's nothing you can do about it uh they they chloroform him as they did quite a lot in the 80s that is a lot a, of chloroform. A what, thing isn't it yeah that seems to be it really is quicksand and chloroform the two things i was scared of the most in the 80s, <laughs> 80s i've trauma, never come right across there. either of them no <laughs> Yeah, is it, uh, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a point actually. Yeah, is it is it a myth? Does it work? I don't know. Every movie, uh, if they go on a beach, they start falling into quick. Oh, I'm in the quicksand. Help me! Or a body will come up behind you with a handkerchief. Oh, knocked out. Does it work? Chloroform? I don't know. Or something will fall from the sky, and you just put it in your hands and pick it up. Oh, what's this in the graveyard? <laughs> it seems like some kind of device that plays music. I'll take this to Benny's shop and see what he says. 
You got you got an eighties plot right there, mate. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's not been done before, has it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh. So he gets knocked out. Uh, Jackie gets knocked out. He wakes up and realizes he's been set up. He's all over the newspapers the next morning. You know, he's killed his buddy. Everyone thinks he's killed this cop, um, and they think he's the bank copper. And he he doesn't know what to do. So he can he goes to visit May, and May says to him like, "I can help you. I believe you. I'm your fiance. But what the hell are you going to do about this? It's absolutely insane. Like you." So he goes to visit, his, and I love this scene. It's quite a serious scene, actually, RJ, isn't it? He goes to visit his um, lieutenant and his um, super. Yeah. And he just breaks into the, the station straight away, and all his buddies look at him like, oh, wow, okay, you've come into the station, even though you're wanted for murder. And he goes straight into the office, and he says, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. I, I wish I could remember, but I can't tell you what happened, but I just know I didn't do it. And in the end, they're like, we're going to have to arrest you for murder. Um we need your gun. We need your badge. It's that kind of lethal weapon thing. But he flips the script here. He grabs his gun and he pulls it on his on his super, super and takes him hostage. Um, takes him out of the building. And then he drives off, doesn't he, with the superintendent, doesn't he? And I noticed here that the superintendent is kind of on his side here, isn't he? Because he's he really wins him over, doesn't he? Yeah, because he gets says, it. He gets, believes him. Get in the car, drive off. I hope you work it out, but. He kind of goes into a bit of a, I will find you. People are going to have to find you. Yeah, he says something like, um, look, I believe you. You've got about 24 hours to do whatever it is you need to do. But after that, we're coming for you because we need it. We've got evidence that you've done this. So you need to prove us wrong. So it gives him that little bit of breathing space. Yeah. <laughs> go, go. I'll give yeah. you. To, uh, wait, do you really want to give Jackie Chan 24 hours to go and cause some more carnage? He only needed five minutes at the well, beginning of the film, didn't he? <laughs> five minutes is all he needs, but 24 hours is what he's got. And he heads off to the Wing On Plaza in Hong Kong. Mm. And this is where we get our final 20, 25 minutes of absolute... This is the scene I would normally fast forward to as a 10-year-old. Yes. <laughs> Let me yeah. get to that final scene. Uh-huh. This is where it got the nickname The Glass Story as well, wasn't it? Because of all the sugar glass that they used to this movie as well. That's exactly it, yeah. Yeah. Most of the crew started calling the movie Glass Story because of the amount of glass that they smashed and all the fake glass that was being used. Absolutely. Um, So I mentioned to you off there, and I'll mention now, I have Mm. been to the Wing On Plaza in real life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when I was 21, so many, 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 many years ago now, I went to Hong Kong, um, and I, I know I've touched on this, I won't harp on about it, but to meet Jackie Chan, and one of the things we did while we were there is we went to visit a few different um, sets and sort of filming locations, so that one was the one I was really excited to go and visit, because obviously, you know, wow, police story. And we got there, and I was so disappointed, because in real life, it's just this tiny little shopping mall. Oh, um it, it, but the way they film it, they make it seem huge. Yeah. Um, but but I still managed to take pictures of me lying down on escalators and pretending to get about to jump off of railings. And all the all the Chinese people there were just looking at us like, oh, bloody tourists, they come here all the time. Apparently, it's very common. Loads of tourists go there from all parts of the world <laughs> and just take pictures of themselves lying around. And what, different... what, you mean you're going up an escalator and all of a sudden you've got loads of people jumping down on top of you? <laughs> the only thing I couldn't do was jump off a, uh, the top floor and slide down a giant pole. They wouldn't let me do that for some reason. I don't oh, know why that was. 
I know you're coming up to that scene there, Dan, but man, yeah. But at the same time, mate, there must have been a bit of nostalgia there for you when you visited these locations, especially, it, you know. It was magical. And all that. Yeah, so I imagine that was pretty cool, man. That was a very special time for me, actually. Um, and yeah. it almost feels, I think I probably mentioned this to you before and other people, it feels like a dream that any of that really happened because it was, I mean, what, I'm 42 now. So that was yeah. half my life ago. It was 21 when it happened. And I was very, very lucky and fortunate to be picked to go to Hong Kong, meet Jackie. I met him four times in Hong Kong. Uh, went to his office. I had dinner with him. Wow. Uh, went to a premiere with him. Um, went to watch a movie with him in the cinema. Gorgeous. One of his movies. Um, and and then one of the days we had free, we were shown around various, not just Jackie Chan movie sets, but other movie sets. Because so many movies are filmed in Hong Kong. You'd, you'd recognize so many background scenes and stuff from other Hong Kong movies as well um, so it's just it's a very magical time really um, and like I said it feels like a dream now because it was so long ago when I say it out loud it's not often I talk about these things but when I say them out loud I think did I did I have dinner with Jackie Chan did I what yeah but I did I, I sat next yeah. to him and had dinner with him one day you know it's pretty weird really but like you say just to meet just to meet him would be great and imagine being 21 you're meeting your hero and you're doing all that other stuff so yeah i could imagine you know it's like that'd be like me spending the weekend with john carpenter and kurt russell or something like that you know i mean if you can imagine what that would be like this is everything that was really i only expected to meet him probably well i knew i was going to be meeting him once so i was very nervous but mm. um we ended up hanging out with him four times um uh, and one of the times I actually bumped into him because we were in the cinema yeah. waiting for the movie to come on and he, he walked past me and I thought, wow, that guy looks like Jackie Chan. And then I thought, oh, it is Jackie Chan. And I st I'd stood up, you see, to go to the bathroom before the movie started and he saw, and I'd looked at him and froze in my seat and he just put his finger to his lips and went, shh, 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 because he wanted it to be a surprise that he was there. Oh, wow. So I sat that down and my friend said, are you going for a wit for, for a piss? And I said, n n "No, I couldn't speak." <laughs> and no, he came well. down to the front of the screen, and the spotlight came on him, and he went, "Everybody, welcome!" He did this like big smiling face, and the place just it, erupted. And he said, "You didn't know I was going to be here. This is a surprise for you all. I hope you all enjoy the movie." Da da da. And he just chatted for five minutes and then left. And and I was just like, I was the guy that had spotted him coming into the cinema. Yeah. And he shushed me, like to be told off by Jackie Chan was just insane. I was gonna say that. <laughs> that was my first time. <laughs> by that point you pissed your pants, didn't you? <laughs> Honestly, I didn't care at that point. I did not care at that point. You've just reunited you like that bloke on the film. Oh dear. I was very yeah, it was. I was like the cop. Yeah. I was very nervous though, when when I had dinner with him because I don't know, man, you there's I don't know what it is. You I try not to get starstruck, and I have met a few celebrities mm -hmm. here and there. And I'm not mm -hmm. being a big head; like no. it just happens in life, doesn't it? But when we were having we were having dinner, so Jackie owns a chain of restaurants called Jackie's Kitchen, and yeah. on one of the last nights we were there, we, we got taken to Jackie's Kitchen, and we we're all quite excited to be eating out. And they were paying for us; a lot of it was paid for by Jackie Chan, which is again so lovely of him to do that. It was all to celebrate Chinese New Year, so it was around February, and we were sat in this restaurant and uh, there was probably eight of us at a table and at the end of the table so i'm on I'm, I'm on the long part of the table and the very head of the table there's an empty seat and mm. i i didn't think anything of it at all a couple of the girls that were with us had brought their jackie chan biographies 
And they took them everywhere with them in case they bumped into him and he would sign it. Well, they were in luck today because I tell you what, we were just about to order from the meal, from the menu. And look around and you see see this guy and he's so larger than life. You just look around and you think, that looks like, oh, it is Jackie Chan. And he's just got this big smile and these big hands and he's waving and hello, everybody. And he starts patting everybody on the shoulders, shaking hands, kissing people, hugging people. And you just think, then he said, he pulled the chair right next to me. And I thought, my heart, I thought, oh, shit, mm. he's going to sit next to me. What am I going to do? And he pulled the chair and went, this is for me. And sat down and I just thought, this is this is ridiculous. Well, and he actually, what, you he actually, he actually sat next to you. He sat on the head of the table, so I was on his side, like on the next corner. Like you say, the same time, mate. I must be, must have been surreal. Like you say, it, Crazy, it's still man. surreal now. Like it feels like yeah, a dream I, now. I, I can hear it in your voice the way you're telling it. Do you know what I mean? As if it's like, as if you've had a dream and you're trying to tell me this dream, but it's not a dream. We well, ended up, he ended up having dinner with us. Um, he ended up having. Glass, a couple of glasses of wine. Mm. We chatted. Um, you know, I was so... It felt like a job interview mixed with... I don't know. It's so hard to explain. Um, yeah. He would sort of ask me, what's your favourite movie of, of my movies? And I'd have to think... You know, and I, I mentioned a really obscure one called Miracles, the Canton Godfather. And he was like, yes! That's got my favourite long, long shot in it, that one. It's got a great mo- shot in it that I directed. <laughs> so that got conversation going. I was going to say, you were going to say Cyborg with Van Damme, was you? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Just throw that one in. <laughs> uh, my favourite movie? Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, Crazy crazy time for me really and i think just before we get back to the movie the weirdest bit for me really was probably when we were talking about his injuries because he loves talking about all that you know he's very open with his fans yeah and um as i'm sure most people who know jackie chan will know but if you don't i will explain now during uh, armor of god one of his movies he slipped out of a tree and landed on a rock punctured his skull and had to have brain surgery. This was in back when it was Yugoslavia, and there weren't any brain doctors really around at that point, so it was very dangerous. He's now um, deaf in one ear because of it, and he he has now a plastic plate in the back of his skull because of it, because he punctured his skull. Um, he so we were talking about his injuries and stuff as you do with yeah. Jackie Chan while you're having dinner. Weird, so weird. And he said to he said to me or, or the, the other person on the other side of him, and of course when I sing. It vibrates. And I sort of laughed and took a sip of wine. Like, <laughs> what the hell's going on? And he said, come, 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 come. And he grabbed my hand and he put my fingers and he sort of pushed them into the back of his head, in, into his hair. And I could feel like there was like a bit of a smoother bit under his hair. And then he went, <laughs> and he started singing. And I could feel yeah. what he meant. There was like a little vibration of this little plastic plug in the back of his head. And I thought, yeah. I can die now. <laughs> Mate, you're probably one of the only people in the world that's done that do you know what I mean it's pretty amazing oh my god you know what I'm surprised is, there's anything <sighs> left of the guy though do you know what I mean if you're saying you know, made up plate scores here it's just amazing yeah he's, he, still... he's taken a lot of hits hasn't he yeah. um, broken a lot of bones broken his nose three times um, he once got an injury so bad on Police Story 3 basically there's a scene in Police Story 3 where he's on on a helicopter on a train and he, he's swinging around on the edge of a train and a helicopter is supposed to just clip him. Right. 
So you imagine how dangerous that scene is I've just described to you anyway. But the helicopter hits him full pelt in the back. So the, the cockpit hits him so hard, he can walk properly for almost a week. And the doctor said that um, your cells, so the bruise across your entire back, arse and legs, is so large that the cells can't regenerate and they are in danger of becoming cancerous cells. Oh. So he got hit so hard that a bruise almost became cancer. That is insane. Ooh, that is like, God. that's mental. That's, um, yeah, I've heard of that before. I think that happened to a famous jockey, didn't it? Um, there's a film called Champions, which was played by John Hurt, just on a bit of a tangent, and he got hit by a ah. horse. And he got hit that hard that it turned into cancer. I've heard of that story before. See, I've, I'd never heard of that until then. So it's, yeah. it's interesting to know yeah, so heard of that as well. That, that is insane. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? So, I mean, it's almost like he's experienced every form of trauma, isn't it? With his stunts and everything like that. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, uh, he's had brain surgery. He's had yeah, it all, really. Um, just... And these last 20 minutes, so if we bring it back to the shopping centre, these last 20 minutes certainly are... If you were Jackie Chan and you had a CV, mm. you just present them with the last 20 minutes of, you know, of this movie. You'd say, well, you want to know what I do? Take a look at this. And it does it all. It, it's an amazing scene. I always think that a film is as good as the start of the film as it is at the end, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So it's very clever how you start oh. with the... It's like a bookend, isn't it? You've got the bus scene and then you've got this scene, isn't it? It's what you remember, isn't it, with him jumping off from the... Uh, was it like an escalator, top of the escalator, isn't it, onto the... Yeah, I mean, he basically, uh, like a... he fights his way up and then back down the shopping centre. He's taking out bad guys, left, right and centre. He's using everything that's around him, uh, whether it's mannequins or clothes, rails. Uh, he jumps on and off of escalators. You know, there's there's bones. You messaged me the other night while you were watching it saying, they could never make this movie now. No. Every stunt man would end up in the hospital. It's insane. You, you just wouldn't be able to do it now, would you? I just don't think you could. And, but uh, the problem, the, the problem is, or, or the good thing was, is that because they're all in the Jackie Chan stunt club, they were just trying to outdo each other. They'd all be like, "No, I'll do this one. I'll jump off of that. No, I'll do this. Let me jump through there." Yeah. And baseball bats, dummies, you name it. Even the girls that play Selena and May, Maggie Chung, they they took. They were like, "I want to do a stunt," so they throw the girls through glass, through tables. This is why it was called Glass Story, because so much mm. glass was getting smashed left, right, and centre. It was absolutely insane. And it's almost because I, I watched this, um, I showed this last after my daughter, and we both found it hilarious. And that's that's not mocking the film, but it's just, it's so good. It's almost funny, isn't it? Just the way the guys flip over and go into the glass and down the escalators and all that and we've just, well we've just it looks so funny fun. doesn't it it's like a cartoon because they spin around and hit the ground but then you that's see them hit the ground like, and it's the yeah. real ground and you think oh <laughs> yeah that's it you think how well that's right you can't see any um cushions can you taking the blows here can you so there's no mats or anything straight through <laughs> and actually this is my third and final stunt borrowed from jackie chan so here's another damn Ooh, fact damn fact um the scene where jackie uh in the shopping center mm. so it, someone grabs a motorcycle that's on display and jackie right. grabs that off the guy and rides it into the guy and through probably 10 sheets of glass with the guy in front of it neither of them wearing helmets no protection just loads of sugar glass spraying all over them that was actually borrowed by brandon lee 
in a movie called Rapid Fire. Oh, right. And he does exactly that stunt in there. And uh, Brandon Lee did only make four or five movies, but but he was a big Jackie Chan fan. Obviously, his dad was Bruce Lee. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. But um, So, so, yeah, that's another stunt. So you've got three movies, Bad Boys 2, Rapid Fire, and Tango and Cash. So that's, like you said earlier, RJ, this was a blueprint for a lot of stunt work, and and it changed the game for Hollywood movies, uh, for Hong Kong movies, sorry. Yeah, it's, uh, like I say, the blueprint. And that's another film, actually, it's worth mentioning, is Rapid Fire. It doesn't really get mentioned much, but it's a good film, actually, isn't it? It's pretty good That film is... Now, it's difficult for me, now you brought that up, because I was going to suggest to you that at some point, me and you perhaps took a look at, at that movie, but then I thought... Sheridan and Little Tokyo, Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee, that's much more of a fun movie. But Rapid Fire is just a well-crafted, mm. very gritty movie. Yeah, because I've got, um, it's got, I'm trying to think of his name now. Powers, Powers Booth. Powers Booth, yeah. yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah. And there's a really good uh, scene where he just, he's taking on all the bad guys. And I think it's got like a, is it a montage scene with a sort of power ballad or something like that in there? It's been a long oh, time yeah. since I've seen it, but it's proper... Was it made in the eighties? Was it late eighties or early nineties? Something like that. Uh, let's have a quick look because, um, oh God, man, that movie is, is just insanely good. Like on a side note, guys, it, yeah. if you've not seen many, you probably most people would have only seen The Crow. If you're talking yeah. um, Brandon Lee movies, but I, I tell you what, he he did make one or two other fantastic movies, and uh, Rapid Fire is just one of those movies that is. And, and what off makes the me chain. laugh? What makes me laugh with Rapid Fire is the plot is that he's a witness, isn't he? And he needs protecting. <laughs> he don't need protecting, does he, in that movie? He doesn't. Nineteen ninety two, yeah, he oh, that's exactly it. He he, so, he doesn't need protecting at all. He ends up I think that Well, might... I mean again, it's Bruce he's Bruce Lee's son. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, that's great. I think that might be the second to last movie that he did before The Crow, wasn't it? I think possibly. I think you're right. I think yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's another stunt borrowed. Um so to finish up, Jackie what more can Jackie Chan do in this movie? He's swung off buses he's had fights with multiple opponents he's done this that and the other well there's one final stunt that he can do in this shopping center and that is he's going to jump from the top balcony the top floor grab a pole that's got loads of electrical lights on it and just slide to the bottom and smash through some ground get up and arrest the bad guy oh man it's just badass isn't it it is just awesome it's probably one of my favorite stunts actually he did it um, multiple times because the first couple of times he did it, he wasn't happy. As often is the case, he wasn't happy with the way it looked or the way he landed. So I believe that. So the shots you see, so it does show it from two or three different shots, but they're all different shots, which is why in each shot, it's, he does a different vet sound or he says something different. Oh, really? Because he's like, what? Well, you know what? I risk myself so much. I'm just going to. He does that in most of his movies. If he's taken two or three shots, he'll play them all. He doesn't care. I didn't know. Um, that, I didn't know that was taken three times. I thought that was just one shot on different camera angles. But bloody hell! For doing it once. Well, the shot, the main, the main shot they used went a little bit wrong because they weren't supposed to plug the lights in. They were supposed to plug the lights into a car battery. Right. But they plugged them into the mains. <laughs> <laughs> God. Why not? You know, so why not just do that? <laughs> so he slid down. Uh, he slid down this pole. Mm. And he got electrocuted as he slid down the pole. I don't know how many thousands of volts went into him. But also, on top of that, because the glass then heated up 
through electrocution. All the glass shattered. So his hands, oh, he lost two or three layers of skin off of his hands through burns, oh, electrocution and glass. He lands on the ground, gets up and still acts out the rest of that take. Bloody hell, man. And as soon as they cut, then he said, ah, my hands! Because <laughs> I suppose what you've got there, you've got all the adrenaline as well, haven't you? I suppose rushing for his body, he's probably not even going to feel it, is he? So, wow. He also suffered seven... So his seventh and eighth vertebra um, were injured and he dislocated, slightly dislocated his pelvis. So not only was all of that I've just described, that very final take, the one that he, you know, the main one that was used, he burnt all the skin off his hands, injured his two of his vertebrae and slightly dislocated his pelvis. Still did the scene, then said, cut, can you please help me? I'm in a bit of pain. Bloody hell. <laughs> Amazing. And what I like about the movie is it doesn't end with comedy at all. It ends with quite serious stuff where um, the lawyer's the lawyer turns up and he's almost getting chewed off. He's like, mm. "You've got no right to do this. You know, you beat up people. You don't have any evidence. You know, you guys are going down." And um, Jackie's uh, lieutenant says to the super, and like you said, super's on his side now. He yeah. says, yeah. "We're going to have to write a report up here, aren't we?" And the super says, "For what? I haven't seen anything." He just walks <laughs> off. I was just, you know what, Dad? I was just going to say that. I thought it's, it's so funny. good. When I watched it the other day, I thought I can't believe that he's actually just come out and said, "Nah, nothing went on here." <laughs> but from all that glass breaking, and it wouldn't be an eighties movie if it didn't end on a freeze frame. And it ends with the the chew, the main, the mm. baddie, sort of goading Jackie once more, and Jackie just launches himself at him, but all his cop buddies hold him back, and it freezes and just launches into the end, the end yeah. song with the credits. And then, of course, the outtakes. And um, I'm, I'm kind of glad it ended that way because it just, it's probably the best ending to have there, isn't it? With him just because he starts punching him, doesn't he? In the, in the furious, isn't it? He's furious. So, uh, yeah, that's great. I'd, like I say, I just love that bit when the uh, superintendent or his chief just goes, nah, it's all right, I'm not going to write this up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I didn't see anything. See ya. Brilliant. He just walks off. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Great little side characters in the movie as well. And, and yes. it's one of those movies where, on first glance, you probably just watch, on first watch, you watch it, you love all the stunts, that's that. But I honestly, and again, I'm very biased, but mm. I honestly say the more you watch this movie, the more you pick up on these little side characters, the little things that are said, the way that they interact, the relationships. These guys worked together a long time. The guy that plays his lieutenant has been in loads of Jackie Chan movies. In oh, fact, what? he's in a lot of the police story sequels. Um, so they have a really good chemistry together. Right. All the guys in, in the police force are in the Jackie Chan stunt team. So they've got huge chemistry there as well. Um they have their own language as well. I don't know if you know about the, the language of the Jackie Chan stuntmen team. Do you know about that? No, I didn't know about that. No, not at all. Give me a proper so they developed Chan this. education here, mate. Well, they developed this in the late 70s and early 80s. And basically, you're, and I'm going to spoil this now, but when you watch Jackie Chan fighting from the late 70s probably through till the late 80s, you'll hear particular, a particular language. Now, it sounds like grunts and fighting and stuff because it's like hoi, 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 hoi. but each of those sounds means a particular thing right and they've developed this language so that if you hear a particular let's say for example hoi, that mm. might mean i'm coming on your left 
Oh, so okay. right, you know that the person's coming at you from the left. Yeah, yeah. And it's all to do with timing and where that person's coming from. And it's how they get the rhythm and the, the timing and, and, and everything just perfect. Yeah. And how they only sometimes need four or five rehearsals before they've got a fight scene down. And that's the secret language of the Jackie Chan Fight Club. It's um, Fight Club, Stunt Club. It's not secret, but it is like their little thing that they've developed over the years. Very it's clever. Insane. Very, very clever, I'd say. Especially with, like you say, it's all the timing and the coordination, like you say, with all the stuff. So, uh, yeah, I like that. What can I say? I love this movie. You might have, you might have picked up on that a little bit. Dan, I can hear it, man. The thing is, though, mate, this is... <laughs> This is the thing, it's what I love about films and stuff in general, is it's that passion I can hear in your voice when you're talking about this, do you know what I mean? It just release it's, it's release of energy, isn't it? You know, you, you you're it going is. back. Uh, and do you know what? It, it's not my favourite Jackie Chan movie either, no. you know, but it is it's one of the ones you've got to if you want to learn about what it what he is and what he does. Yeah. You've got to check this movie out, man. This, I, it's a game changer. Like I said, I'm very biased with my films and all, all the fi- well, my films, <laughs> my films, but the films that I review, because <laughs> I always think there's no point in reviewing a film that you don't like. So all the films I review on this show are films that I like. So I am very biased and always, um, they might not be a good film to other people, but they are to me. <laughs> so <laughs> probably not the best way to review a film. But what I would say with this is, is that I appreciate this film because of all the, what you just said, you know, what Jackie Chan's done, the action, what he's been through. He's almost died, isn't he, really, doing this film. Um, but I wouldn't say it's the perfect film, is it, in terms of filmmaking. There's bits where it kind of goes up and down, like we said earlier, with the comedy elements. But Yeah, and there's um, certainly, you, you've summed it up for me earlier, yeah. you know, re-watching this film this week. It was the first time I'd seen it, and, mm. I, and I usually watch this movie about once every year or so, but yeah. it's the first time in a, two or three years, and I actually thought... It gets a bit boring after the first sort of thirty minutes or so. It does. It's yeah. not perfect. No, um, but um, like I said, I can appreciate what he's trying to do as you know, as a director, because he's obviously directed this film and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I think I think you could probably have another cut of this movie where it's just full on action. Can you? you could probably take out all the sort of comedy and just have it as a you know, just almost like a sort of bus ride, isn't it? Like at the beginning, it just keeps going. Till he gets just to chop end. it all together yeah like so, speed yes well well there you go that's probably another film that is probably influenced by this type of movie isn't it somewhere i would say yeah. you know jackie jackie chan is um there's a few parts of his career that, that never quite went where they were supposed to go and i'm not sure if you know this but he mm. was heavily in discussion with stallone to star as the baddie in um, Demolition Man and at one point they were uh, literally a signature away and then in the end he said look Stallone I I don't want my first proper English movie Hollywood movie to be me with the baddie oh, right. so that's where they got Wesley Snipes they were like alright don't worry we've got another guy that can step in and, and play this yeah. um, you know he, he's he's just one of those guys where he's the biggest action movie in, action star in the, in the world but only because of the countries that know about him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. China, Japan, Korea, Hong Kong, and now the UK and, and America. But only, I feel like America and the UK only really caught on to him in the mid 80s. Like he was, he's been so big uh, to the point that his nickname was Little Brother because, or Little Dragon because. 
they always saw he was going to be the next Bruce Lee. They mm-hmm. were looking for the next Bruce Lee, the next person to represent them as a as a Chinese people. Like the the guy's career is it's just insane, and um, amazing, yeah. and he's not a perfect man either. You know, he's not perfect. He's made a couple of mistakes in his career, and he, he admits that. But um, he's definitely in my heroes list. You know, you know, we've got all got heroes. Yeah, and I know John Carpenter's one of yours. <laughs> I think Jackie Chan for me, man. Yeah, that's it. They're inspirational characters, aren't they? Um, like you say, they are uh, not only just actors or um, art, artwork that they portray. They are uh, leading figures as well, aren't they? Because they're telling these stories and they've got morals and things like that, which um, you know, which I know is a big part of you and me, as we've spoken about, you know, um, off the show. So, uh, yeah. How lucky are we that we both met our heroes as well? Very lucky. Got to say, Dan, yeah. I'll say with John Carpenter as well. Um, also met... I'm very jealous of that. I've met a couple of people, like, whilst I've been out and about up in London. I met John Hurt once. Um, just in No person. way. Yeah. Yeah. It's just um nicest guy in the world, you know. He's uh, oh. you know, just... just I was, I was in Soho, um, walking along the street, and there he was. And I thought, oh my God, it's John Hurt. And, uh, you know, you said earlier, what do I do? What do I say? And I, I just went for it. I said, hello, sir. And he stopped. And uh, we were just talking about, talking about Alien, you know. <laughs> just <laughs> said, I'm a big fan of your movies and all that sort of stuff. And the thing that I got was that he really appreciated the work that I was recognising. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, well, nice chat. We had a good chat. <laughs> so, I did the uh, same with, with Pete Pothelswaite. Oh, um, did you? All right. Yeah, yeah. I was in a pub in Bristol, uh, and it's a pub very near a theatre. I think I've told the story on my show. Mm. Um, I was um, having a beer with a couple of mates. This is a very long, again, about 20 years ago. And there's a theatre nearby, the, the Old Vic, uh, or the, yeah, the Old Vic it was. And, and he was having a pint at the bar with a, reading a newspaper, and he must have been sh- doing a play in the, yeah. the theatre. And I said to my, my mates, holy shit, that is Pete Pothelswaite. And they were like, who? And I was like, I started listing movies that he'd been in. Yeah. And at that point, he, like, you had to really kind of know movies, I guess. But I, I definitely, and I went up to him and I said, sorry, can I just say, um, I'm a huge fan of your work. And he went, well, that's terribly good of you to say so. So thank you so much. And he shook my hand and was very polite. And he said, um, well, you, you make sure you guys have a lovely evening. And I said, oh, thank you so much. And he sort of opened his paperback up and flaps it open and sort of gave me a nice smile, but also sort of meant... Now I'm going to carry on reading this paper and having a beer. But I got it, and he gave me the handshake, and I went back and sat down, and I was just buzzing for yeah. the rest of the night. Like, yeah. oh, my God. I, I know how you feel. It's just you get that buzz, don't you? You just think, wow. Because it's they, they, are, they are you know people, obviously. But you, well, I don't know about you. When you meet them, you sort of see them as the character that you've seen on the screen, whatever movie that is. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. So... It's uh, yeah, it's some good stuff, man. I just love it. It's just, it's like I say, it just makes you feel good for the rest of the day, doesn't it? You know, it just releases that energy. And they say don't meet your heroes, and I know what people mean. But I'm so happy that the, the few times that I've met Jackie Chan, that he's always been that lovely guy. Yeah. Um, big yeah, smile, sure. handshakes, hugs, just wants to please everybody, and really lovely guy. So, do meet your heroes, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> And if you do meet them and they're off, it might just be because they're having an off day, I'd say. Because sometimes yeah, that happens, doesn't that's it? True. They, so. Like you just said, they're human beings. Yeah, that's it. Like so, um, But no, it's good stuff, Dan. No, I appreciate you coming on to the show today, mate. Um, Dude, can I just say, this has on. been a pleasure. And and I've, I've these shows have got more and more exciting for me that I've appeared <laughs> on. You know, He-Man, 
Yeah. Obviously, already excited discussing that. You yeah. bring me on to discuss Bruce Lee. Wow. <laughs> you bring me on for Bruce, for Jackie Chan. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> So yeah, thank so. you so much, and I've really, 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 really enjoyed this. You can probably tell I'm super don't, excited, don't and I've had a great time. I'll say, mate, I, I, the listeners could probably hear it. It's all about just you and me having a chat about films that we love and all that sort of stuff. So, mate, I'm having a ball. I'm having a really good time with Absolutely this. Absolutely, uh, having a good time. We'll just keep it going, man. Do you know what I mean? You want to come on board? Um, we've got another film to, um, in the line, haven't we? Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, well, we're keeping the martial arts going here, aren't we? Because we've got we've gone from uh, End of the Dragon to Jackie Chan to Ninja Turtles. So. Yeah, and um, we mentioned Princess Bride, and uh, you mentioned Uncle Buck the other day as well, didn't you? Or we brought up John Candy. I, mean, I want to talk some John Candy. So yeah. if you're happy to discuss a little bit of Uncle Buck, I'm then all for that, mate. And um, I had a. Uh, one of the listeners on the show, Dan Nichols, he posted something on Facebook um, today. And I thought, oh my God, I thought, I'm going to have to, I'm have to mention this to Dan. It was the Goonies. <laughs> I so, knew you were going to ask me that because I saw Dan's post and I thought, has RJ covered the Goonies? Because if he doesn't, if he doesn't do it without me, I'm never listening to a show again. Because we're not... As well as you, mate, when I think of uh, Corey Feldman, I think of you in a brotherly sort of way, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so... <laughs> Look, man, if you want to talk about the Goonies with me for an hour... I'd love to, mate, yeah. I am yeah. all yeah. over that, yeah. 100%. Um, I'll put you down for that. That'll be a fun episode, mate, because it's going to be a hell of a long nostalgia. Oh, man, I'll tell you. When it comes to films of the 80s, man, that is it. So, um, yeah. All right, Dan, well, listen, mate, um, we'll end it on the Goonies. We've gone from Play Story to the Goonies, man, so it's always a good thing. So um, thanks, Dan. Thank you, sir. Um, let's say, guys, I'll just do, do a bit of admin for the show. I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so please go and check out other shows, such as Dan's show, the podcast on Haunted Hill. Actually, Dan, you've just done a new episode, haven't you? Is it the Creep Show, isn't it? We did. Episode 91 was Creep Show and Creep Show 2. So check that out. You can find it on um, Facebook. You can find it on legionpodcast.com and all the other many places you can find RJ's show. We are on the same network, the Legion Network. So check yeah. us out. Check us all out. We're all brothers together on that network. We're having a whole ton of fun. And uh, yeah, I've got a Facebook page, so post some stuff on there. I mean, as you know, I've already got a busy schedule. So, But if you post stuff on there, we'll try and do it for you guys. And you can find Bite Size Cinema on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and several other players if you put in Bite Size Cinema Podcast on Legion on Google. So there you go, guys. Um, Go close the show now. Keep it bite size, keep it safe, and I'll see you soon. See you later. Bye, guys. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show 
Kill the cast, underwater kaiju from outer space, Jerry hates action, Legion after dark, mental health, obsessive cinema, discourse, pick six movies, the podcast by the cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the psycho-semantic podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.